Hello and welcome to the Ramen Profitable Podcast. My name is Atish Mazumdar and I'm here with my co-pilot, the great and powerful Chris Scott. And this is the podcast about testing out your ideas, taking your first steps, and really overcoming those obstacles on the way to entrepreneurship. Enjoy. Yeah, I've only given myself haircuts this entire quarantine process. You know, I'm actually surprised because uh, that you do a pretty good job then. Uh, it's, I don't know. Every, although the, the barbers I was looking at, I think we've had this conversation where it's not by appointment. It's like walk-in only. They're all kind of on the, uh, it's all a hoax train. Oh, all of them? It's not a, it's not a, like the ones, the ones nearby. Yeah. And I just haven't put in the effort or energy to find uh, one that I would uh, feel comfortable going to. Well, I mean, add that to the talent stack, man. You, uh, you've been cutting your own hair. Right. It's very important to be able to cut your own hair if you get stuck on an island. <laughs> well, no, I mean, I'm just I, I would have completely done a terrible job. Like the kind of haircuts that I could give myself are the ones where you just like buzz your entire head to the same length. That's, that's how I started. Oh, really? Yeah. And since then, you've uh, you've graduated. I've graduated. I've added some length on the top. The sides are short. Mm. Looks good, man. All right. Well. So, what have I missed? I've been gone for two weeks almost. What have I missed? How was it? How was two weeks off? Man, uh, it was great. I realized, I I don't know if I brought this up on the show uh, before. You work too much? Well, no, that I've, yeah, basically. That's that's the, like, I realized, uh, because I pulled a report from our payroll software, and in the entirety of 2020, I took seven days of PTO, and... Like a lot of that came at the tail end of the year. So uh, it's very evident that I'm I'm not taking enough time off. So uh, taking a week and a half off basically was fantastic. Um, and I actually because normally I do the thing where it's like I'm still checking my email or I'm still like looking at shit on my phone, you know, but this time I actually felt uh, like I didn't have to do that. So I just completely disconnected and uh, it was great. Uh, you know, I, I don't know if, uh, people have told you this before, but Hawaii is pretty cool. <laughs> That's what I hear. I've never been, I'd like to go someday. Yeah. It, well, okay. So it, it was a little bit, uh, it was a little bit complicated, uh, given the whole COVID situation. Right. So, um, we had to get a test 72 hours from the last leg of our trip, given that the last leg of our trip was going to be like, we were flying from, Phoenix to Honolulu and then Honolulu to Maui because I I guess you do like interconnected. And what was crazy about that is that that second flight, that flight from Honolulu to Maui, it's like we literally got up in the air because by that point, you know, we were already on like a five and a half or six hour flight to get to Honolulu from Phoenix. And uh, at that point, so I was just kind of like burned out on flying already Um, because I'm a like I didn't used to be this way, but I've basically become a very stressed out person when I when I fly. Like I'm just like constantly tense. Like I'm just right. like holding my just when you just when you fly. Yeah, just <laughs> yeah, just when you fly. Just when I fly. Well, okay. Let me let me rephrase. I become particularly tense when I fly because like I and I used to. It's what's so crazy is I actually used to enjoy flying like um you know because i've been going to like holland and india and stuff since i was like one years old 
So I, I just have always been very used to it and always actually like enjoyed flying. Like I loved watching, you know, everything get smaller on takeoff and everything get bigger as we land and like blah, blah, blah. Like I used to be so good with it, but now all of a sudden, I don't know what happened, but in the last like four years or so, I just have gotten like so nervous about it. So every, every time like there's like a little bit of turbulence, I'm just like gripping the seat and like, ah! like <laughs> trying to hold on for dear life. So I'm just tense the whole time while I'm there. So by the time we get to our flight from Honolulu to Maui, I was like pretty done with it. But it's like we get up in the air and then we immediately descend. Like it was like it was like it, maybe the whole flight was 20 minutes, I would say. It's it's wild. Um, it's, it's basically like what I imagine going from like Tucson to Phoenix in an airplane would be like. You've never done that before? No. Have you? Oh, yeah. I've done that lots of times. Really? Yeah. Why? What's the point? There is no point, but uh, I don't know. I guess it's a lot of, uh, not a lot of flights go to Tucson, but Tucson people don't want to drive to Phoenix to park their car, get, get on their flight. Hmm. I have to imagine that was, I mean, I don't know. How much is a flight from Tucson to Phoenix? I don't know. I don't know about nowadays. Yeah. I'd be I'd be almost curious because it's like maybe maybe that's what I'll do next time I go to Tucson and just fly there. <laughs> be all right with that. Yeah, you should totally do that or take a helicopter or a train. Do we have trains that run there? Uh, yeah, it might take you 12 hours, but there's a train. <laughs> Ooh, no, thanks. No, thanks. Well, so anyways, um, so Maui was great. Uh, it is everything that it's cracked up to be. Uh, I mean, stuff is insanely expensive there. Like what's an Island. Yeah, exactly. Like, like gas was four ninety nine a gallon. Um, and just like, you can't go to a restaurant. Like there's nothing will be cheaper than 15 bucks, like in general, which is, which is fine. But like when you're used to coming from Tucson where it's like, Oh, I can get like, you know, a bunch of tacos or something for 10. Like that's for three. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's, there's actually this place up here. Uh, and it's such an abstract number. There's this place uh, here in Phoenix that on Wednesdays they do like 85 cent tacos. Okay. Which is a weird figure, but it like allows you to get like 20 of them and still be <laughs> it like pretty decently <laughs> in the green, you know? Um, yeah. But yeah, Maui's pretty expensive, but it was super cool. We went during um, like the high whale season. So there was just like a tons of tons of whales just like breaching the water and like slapping their tails and stuff like that. It was crazy. While you were in the water? Well, I mean, yeah, probably. But like way out from where I would be in the water, like they're they're not like beaching themselves. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. So so the whales were not a deterrent for you to get in the ocean. No. No, definitely not. Evident, there was a lot more like uh, like recent shark attacks than I thought was desirable. Uh, that's for sure. Yeah, apparently that number has been going up uh, a lot this last year. Really? Yeah, like all over the place. So who knows what's up with that? Like, wait, death by shark attack is going up? <laughs> I think shark attacks have gone up. I don't know about death by shark attack. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, that's a weird statistic. I kind of want to look, <laughs> I kind of want to look that up now, but uh, look it up. Cause I don't know the exact numbers, <laughs> but I, 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 from what I understand, it's gone up. Hmm. Well, um, 
so so yeah i mean there was there was just a lot of like uh like we were with um uh tori's mom and her new stepdad because <laughs> that's also a thing that was going on in this trip um so we were with them and they were like saying like oh yeah that was just six months ago someone was like out there and got attacked by a shark and he fucking bit through their kayak and stuff like that i was like what the fuck like why are we here then but um uh yeah it was it was pretty crazy um but you know it was it was great uh i basically just spent the entire time uh either on the beach or uh uh we went on like a whale watching boat that was really cool uh, went on like a little mini hike, went like by the coast, um, just like, you know, Maui shit. And then when I wasn't doing that, uh, you could find me getting pretty sloppy at any of the local bars there. It was a, there was this uh, dive bar called the Sly Mongoose, where <clears throat> at, even on Maui prices, things were relatively cheaper. And uh, boy, that was your spot that, that, every night. That was the spot. That was the spot for sure. But yeah, it was it was good. All, all in all, it was good. It's it's kind of hard getting back into the swing of things because like this week at work, I was trying to like get back in and do all that, and it's like, man, when you've just got an inbox that's like miles long and stuff like that, it's it's just such a drag. But it's all right. We're we're getting through. So uh, so it was nice to disconnect, and you, you didn't feel like the need to like. Uh, are you, do you feel like you're stuck in a catch up? Uh, phase at work or are you uh, just like whatever I'm allowed vacation yeah see I was trying to get myself into the second mindset you know what I mean because like historically even when I go on vacation I'm like checking my email or I'm like I'm not actively working but I'm still dedicating some brain power to it but I was trying to like actively just absolutely not do that because it's there's just no like worth to it you know what i mean there's there's no val- like if i'm not actively going to be working or something then what's the point of me getting on and like looking at this stuff and do or like getting stressed out about it but i will say like when we were a couple days out from returning i was starting to get like a little stressed about how backlogged i'd be but honestly the it's like both a good thing and a bad thing uh all the the sales reps that i support evidently they just like knew that i was on pto so they were just like all right we're gonna hold like we're just gonna hold <laughs> because oh, so they all took a break too yeah i mean i guess because like all the all the the people who were covering for me were like yeah it was a pretty uh it was a pretty quiet week on your end i don't not much was going on whatever and then i get back Tuesday night, I go right back to work on Wednesday because I'm an idiot. Like that's that's the other thing. Always make sure you give yourself a buffer day. Like I should have given myself a buffer day. I don't know why I didn't because you should have taken the rest of the week off. Well, I had this whole like guilt thing about like, oh, man, I'm taking five days plus two more days. So I took seven work days off in total. I was there for um, what would that be like 10 days then? Right. Um, but it was seven work days. So I was just like, oh, my God, like I can't take another day. Like I couldn't do eight days and take a buffer day. But that was so dumb. Like, I don't know why I didn't do that. So I get right back to work. And then, of course, Wednesday. Now the sales reps are like, oh, he's back. Let's go. And they just like start pushing things through. And it, it just got like crazy. So I'm, I'm unfortunately, I'm probably going to be working a little bit this weekend just to like get myself back on track, like solidly back on track. But after that. You know, I should be back in a better rhythm. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Just don't just do it. Start back on Monday. Yeah. Be like, hey, guys, I'm still catching up from 
my vacay, and it's still fresh in everyone's mind because it was only four days ago. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. But yeah, so now I, uh, I mean, the best thing, and I'll check that right now, but the best thing would be if, uh, because I guess Monday is President's Day. It is. I don't know if we have, like, I seem to recall that, like, we traded in, uh, like, you know how companies started to shift their days off because it used to be Columbus Day, but then that got shifted to Martin Luther King Day or some shit. Right. Right. So they start to shift. It's like, for some reason, I feel like we don't have President's Day off, but I don't, like, I want to confirm. It seems like uh, you would have President's Day off. You think? I don't know. What's uh, I have some friends that work in the government, and they uh, like have to wait every year for the president to declare the Friday after Thanksgiving a uh, national holiday every year. What? Yeah, so you know they get Thanksgiving off, obviously, but they don't get that Friday off unless it's declared a national holiday. Oh, geez, it's like a, it's a just a really weird tradition i guess but so it's kind of like you're waiting when you were a kid and uh, you're waiting for them to declare it a snow day or whatever right yeah or like name your school as one of the ones that's closed right i've, I've never experienced that myself but uh <laughs> no have you yeah when uh i mean obviously when i was in like elementary or middle school here not here in tucson yeah here in tucson for snow days? It was, I know exactly which year it was. It was, well, and it was, um, it was the year that it snowed on Easter. And then the following day, the Monday after they canceled school, that was the one time. All right. All right. I vaguely remember that. <laughs> I vaguely remember that. Um, yeah. So, uh, and Oh, and speaking of that, it actually snowed in Hawaii while we were there. Not like what? not like on the street, obviously. That'd be crazy because it was it was roughly like it was in the 70s or something like that pretty much the entire time that we were there. Um but uh uh it was on this like really high volca- volcano. So I guess there's a volcano there that's like of such a high uh altitude that it it's like basically sitting in the clouds and so it actually snowed on there so i guess people were like skiing up there that is crazy yeah it's fucking like crazy. i never would think that that would be a hawaiian thing to do no it blew me away i couldn't believe that people were uh skiing in hawaii wow yeah all right all right so we don't know if president's day a holiday is a holiday for you yet no but i'm praying it is because if it is then like three-day weekend that's amazing yeah right after a seven-day vacation yeah 10-day vacation i mean because then i'm definitely not working this weekend you know like (laughs) then we've got monday to kind of to kind of do it so i don't know or not do it or not holiday yeah exactly i want to celebrate the presidents or some shit that's crazy people just like pause their own work to wait for you to get back. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's kind of because their work is not necessarily completely dependent on me. Like they can go do stuff and like, 
you know, have conversations with customers and all that kind of stuff. But at the same time, in terms of all these kind of complicated deal structure, like, like what I do now is like, I'm doing analysis on, on these things and like, whether this is good for the business, whether, how can we take this customer request and make it fit in our systems and do all that kind of stuff. So they just like, didn't ask anybody for the, that stuff. They were just like, ah, we'll just keep having sales conversations, whatever. And then as soon as I got back, they're like, okay, here's like six things that we need. (laughs) And it's, uh, yeah, it was a lot. It was a lot. Interesting. Yeah. But I hear uh, you're like famous now. Oh, I'm not famous. You were uh, in a, in a magazine. No, uh, I was in a magazine where where the issue of Tucson lifestyle dropped. I think that's how the kids say it It dropped. Yeah, (laughs) probably. Yes. So it's uh, in the February issue. We have a nice little uh, two and a half page uh, article about us. Three page article about us. Mm, it's available nice. on the internet. I should, I'll put a link in the show notes, I guess, if you want yeah. to read it, to check it out. And uh, yeah, so it dropped in February. I guess they mail them out to subscribers at the end of January. Like at the end of the month, they send out the next month's issues. So a friend of mine told me about it at the end of March or January before it was for sale in the stores. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Because he was at his mom's house and his mom subscribes to Tucson Lifestyle. Mm. And he was like, oh, what, what's going on at this little magazine here? <laughs> yeah. And uh, were you just like, were you interviewed or was it like a, a story that you pitched or like what, what, uh, what's the content? All right. So it's about just Elephant Scout in general, like who we are and what we are about and what we're trying to achieve. Mm-hmm. And Betsy... The mom from Good Cop, Mom Cop is actually is a writer for them. So she was able to get us in. Uh, she was able to directly talk to the editor in chief. Wait, she's a writer for Tucson Lifestyle? Yep. Good Lord. What doesn't she do? Um, very good question. <laughs> I was going to say something. I was going to make a bad joke, but I'm not going to. <laughs> yeah. But, uh. Yeah, she was able to uh, pitch it to the uh, her boss, and her boss was like, "Go ahead and write it." And so, so she got to write the article. Hmm. So it's a little bit of an inside job. Yeah, a little nepotism. It's all, it's all about who you know, though, right? Yeah. No, absolutely. But, I mean, I, I feel like people don't even get jobs the same way, like just submitting resumes anymore. I feel like how no. people get jobs is based on who you know in where, or like who you met at this party this one time, or something. Like that's basically how it works. Yeah, and I, the 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 master plan of it all is to get the article out. We're in another uh, pot, not podcast, like a radio show spotlight at the end of the month. Uh, we're going to run some radio ads, and we're trying to just build the brand up around the podcast so that can translate into a, a, a feature film in the future. Mm, okay, and I feel like Betsy has a lot of uh, a lot invested in these projects because she used to be a popular radio show host here in Tucson. Mm-hmm. Back in the uh, late 90s, early 2000s, Mojo and Betsy in the morning. And uh, she loved being a local celebrity with that. And in those 20 years, her star has kind of faded. Mm -hmm. And I feel like she's really into this idea because she could possibly get a little bit of that fame back. Some more cachet. Yeah. Yeah, some more cachet. I actually don't know what cachet means, but I've heard it like used in that context so i'm gonna like i'm probably not using it correctly but i'm gonna use it anyways congratulations atish for using a word yeah. without knowing what it means <laughs> yeah 
Yeah, I, I feel like that's not very uncommon on this podcast. I do that fairly regularly. Yeah, some cachet, maybe clout. Clout's another good clout, word. Clout, I feel like people have been using that more often recently. Yeah, uh, there was a day where we were trying to shoot something at a Wells Fargo parking garage, and there was a parking attendant there, and Betsy was like, let me talk to them and get permission. They might know who I am. And they didn't. <laughs> they did not. And uh, and then afterwards, she was like, I kind of wish I still had that gravitas mm. from the late 90s, early 2000s. Well, at least she can admit that, right? Because I feel like that's the kind of thing that people wouldn't like. That's a character arc on, you know, a movie or a TV show or whatever is caring about that, not admitting that you care about that. And then like eventually getting that again. Or maybe the arc turn is that you learn that you don't care about it and you never needed it in the first place or some shit like self-actualizing shit. Right. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, I wish I had that. I wish I could go talk to a Wells Fargo bank employee and they would know who I am. <laughs> uh, yeah. But, uh, you know, like even uh, last week I was talking to her and I was like, oh, we need another uh, local celebrity type to be in our podcast. And she was like, you think I'm a local celebrity? <laughs> so uh, I just... Uh, Poor Betsy. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, to be and like to be completely honest and to be fair, it's like if not for good cop, mom cop, I would have no idea who that person is. Right. Well, you know, you probably didn't listen to the radio in the early 90s. Mm. You probably you probably were like four <laughs> in the early 90s. I was probably like four. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I guess I wasn't listening much to the radio. I mean, by the time like I'm, I'm trying to remember how many prime years of radio there was because I did listen to the radio at some point in time. But it's like, how long was that until, you know, I mean, I, I feel like Sirius XM or like satellite radio became a thing. I never listened to that. Like I never had that or listened to that or anything like that. But how much longer was it until we just like always listened to CDs? I, well, I think I remember what it was for me. It was not going to high school anymore. What do you mean? Uh, and the, cause I left high school. I was done with high school in the year 2001. Hmm. And I remember like not having to wake up early in the morning to like listen to radio shows or people talking and stuff. That's what mostly what people were listening to in the mornings. Right. Back then that, you know, drive time radio where people yeah, talk yeah. about the commercial they saw last night, the water cooler talk, the, yeah. you know, blah, blah, blah. Hey, where people we talk got like this, this coming up. Yeah. 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 So I remember not having to wake up in the morning to have to listen to that. Mm -hmm. And then for the middle of the day, when I was awake in the car driving, it was just music stuff. So why am I listening to music? I don't have control over. Yeah. Then it turned into CDs for me. Well, yeah, exactly. But I mean, I think that ultimately the limit to CDs was that you would like stop, finish that. So you either had to carry one of those huge books that had like the pages with the CDs in it that you would like, and you just have a ton of them in there, or you only had the one CD in the car. So as soon as you finished it, you just had to kick it back and start it all over again, basically. Um but okay, go go ahead and uh, guess without looking it up. When do you think the first iPod came out? Ninety-eight. <laughs> I mean, you're not too far off, but that's an insane guess. Like, I don't know why you would think it happened in the nineties. Because I think that's something I would have had in high school. 
the the first gen iPod. I mean, it is old, but it's not that old. Two thousand one. That was gonna be my next guess. <laughs> yeah, the the original uh, iPod. Nope, came no, out I remember in high school we were still on like mini discs. Yeah, and those like those weird mini discs were so weird. Wait, what's a mini disc? It was like a little uh, floppy disk that you could plug into a mini disc player. And it was like real time recording. And it was just so bizarre. It was a weird, bizarre file system. Uh, okay. So, so it, uh, so it was supposed to be a cooler version of a CD that you could write to. Like you could read, like, you know, take off and add CDs or songs, tracks, make your own playlist to these mini discs. But how do you do that? Because were people downloading music before the iPod? Yes. Oh, Look up when uh, LimeWire was out. Napster. When was? Well, and here's the other. Uh, here's the other crazy thing is the first. What it says here is the first um, released iPod was a five gigabyte model. Yeah. It's like, can you fucking imagine that? Because by the last model. Oh, yeah. Then they started doing the touch ones. I never understood why that was a thing. Because then the transition to making it on your phone became like way too obvious. Right. You know what I mean? The, se- oh, that- the second that it was on a touch screen, it was like, well, now you basically might as well, like, it should just be on your phone. Like, I don't know right. where that leap wasn't made originally. I think they were just waiting for people to have enough people on an iPod device mm. and then get them hooked on the iPod touch screen and then get them hooked on the iPhones. Yeah. See, I remember the sixth generation iPod in a 160 gigabyte. That was the that was the one. And that one came out in 2007, which that tracks. I was, uh, yeah, probably a couple years. So went to college in 2009. This tracks. This tracks. This all makes sense. Right. LimeWire's initial release date was 2000. Interesting. Yeah. So I think that might have been because I definitely remember using that in like middle school, high school. Napster was released in 1999. So, so yeah, so around that time, that's when like individual song uh, purchases were happening. Mm -hmm. So I don't remember when like the first iTunes date was. I don't I don't know that, but I can tell you this. I never, never. Paid for music through the iTunes store. I have never done that. I, I I went straight from pirating music through LimeWire, which like, I don't know what the statute of limitations on that is, but you can't prove it. The hard drives are destroyed and, uh, and uh, you know, it was a long time ago. So come at me, government. Although I'm nervous about my tax situation this year for the first time ever. But anyways, oh, uh, you're telling me you're telling me. Uh, but then. uh <laughs> yeah, but but uh, I never I, I exclusively like download music and I went straight from that into just paying for a Spotify subscription. And I've been doing that ever since. So, yeah, I, I was not uh, afforded that luxury. It was like LimeWire, Napster, Minidisc or it was CDs, Minidiscs for some reason. And then <laughs> uh, like a lot of Pandora was popular at the time that's okay i was i was literally just about to ask you that question i was like did you ever do pandora yeah because it was like the only thing yeah 
that you had somewhat uh, control over. Yeah, but you only had so many skips before you got a commercial, or you only had so many skips an hour or something, right? Yeah, and if you liked something, it didn't really mean you would get to hear it again. Right. You got to hear something like it, and it was just not... Yeah. I guess it was cool for, like, a dentist office, but... Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's there are certain situations where having something, like, completely randomized is kind of helpful, I guess, but... Um, I just don't even understand how Pandora is still around. That's what was so crazy is we were in Hawaii and like Tori's mom was using a Pandora station. I was like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's awesome. Yeah, it was it was wild. It was it was. Uh, but yeah, I, I remember also like um, when you downloaded music off of LimeWire, it would always have like these TV or like movie clips in it too. Or like, I mean, a you were just downloading virus upon virus to your to your uh, computer. But uh, then it also just like would have like TV like uh, sound bites and stuff like that in it, or like little uh, stingers. It's like downloaded by Firemaster. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Things things like that. Things like that. Uh, man. I don't know. I kind of wish I could go back to an iPod. Because if I could go back to an iPod, then I could also go back to... Um, a flip phone. A flip phone. Oh, we've had this conversation. <laughs> oh, I, I just assumed that's where you were going. I saw a, a news piece about some... Uh, I think they call it a dumb phone. And I think it's called Flip. But it's like this... It looks like a... Do you ever have like a Kindle, mm-hmm. like that weird screen with the weird, like the paper type? It's like kind of screen. grayish or like whatever. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a black and white screen. It has that type of thing. So you could do your, uh, you know, full keyboard if you want to do that. Mm-hmm. And then it has like simple apps if you want to still do like podcast and email, I think. But everything else is not allowed on it. It's just a, I don't, I got to look it up. It looked like an interesting type phone, but I would never get one. Yeah, the problem is, is like I can't even though I talk about it all the time and even though like I actively want to do it in a sense because it's like I would do uh, I would have a laptop that has Internet connectivity that I could do all my stuff on like, you know, because on here I have uh, I have uh, an app for like a meditation app. I have the app for this wonky mirror. Did I, did I tell you about that? Yes, yeah. we talked about the mirror. Yes. Uh, I have, you know, and then I have like Spotify and like an internet browser and stuff like that. It's like I would just use that as a laptop. Then I would have a an iPod that could be just my podcasts and my music. And then I could have a flip phone. And I can tell you exactly which model phone. I think I can get it off eBay. It's not too. Uh, it's pretty cheap. Have you ever heard of the LG NV2? No, but is that anything like the chocolate? Ooh, what is the chocolate? I think it's uh, or came out maybe before or after whatever it is you're talking about. Hmm. Does a thing like flip up open? Um, it it. Oh, okay. I see. Okay, I looked up the chocolate. So the chocolate is like a slide, right? It goes. Yeah, yeah. exactly. This is a similar concept, but it's more like a like a like it opens up. Like a like in um. Tomorrow never dies when he's driving the car from the back seat. Uh, is that the is that the BMW one? Uh, 
I think it's a BMW. Yeah. yeah. Um, I guess it's kind of like that. I forget. That, I mean, that was probably like a Sony Ericsson phone or something like that because they were always pushing those. Like, they've always been pushing Sony shit on uh, Bond movies. Isn't that weird? Uh, they're, it's, they're probably distributed by Sony or something like that. There's yeah. probably some relationship with the Sony motion picture company. Yeah, totally. Well, the LG NV2 was, it's like, arguably, it's the best phone I've ever had. The best phone I've ever had. Because it's just a like calculator looking brick like this that has a very small screen at the top. So if you just want to quickly like read your text, like if it comes in, you can just open it and like read it right there. And then it has the dial pad so you can like call through there, but then you can also open it up and then it has like a full keyboard and a little screen in there. It was, I remember I had that phone in my senior year of high school. It was the best phone I've ever had. And I think I can get it on yeah, like there's one listed right now on eBay for five ninety nine, and I can get it, and I can ostensibly get back on the Verizon network with it, and I'll be so good to go. But then, of course, like like I said, I would need three different things to run what essentially this does all in one. Yeah. Do you think all in one uh, was a good move for? It seems like a lot of things were trying to go all all in one. Yeah. Like that was a trend for a while. Do you think that was a good trend or a bad trend? Well, what do you, what do you, what, what, like, like as in putting all the functionality into a single device? Putting all the functionality into a single device, uh, even things like air fryers or toasters uh-huh. and they fry things and they bake things. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think it's a good concept in the sense that you're trying to like make one item way more versatile so that therefore as a company, you can probably justify a higher like cost four things but at the same time uh and also you can you can you know try and disrupt the marketplace because it's like oh you no longer need a toaster and a you know whatever now you get it in one fucking device but the problem that i have with that is that i don't know if that's necessarily true now especially with like kitchen devices but i remember there was a time where you know it's like oh it's a blender and it's you know this and it just would do both of those things shitty Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, it's like, yes, it does do both of those functions, but it does it poorly. Whereas when I had two individual devices that were just made for that one thing, it did that thing well. So I don't know. That's, that's kind of the, the rub there is that I think that when you try and expand too much functionality, like, and also plus you buy it for that idea of using it for multiple things. But in reality, I don't think you actually do. I I use like, I've got, you know, some of those um, ninja products. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Like it's a blender and a food processor and a, you know, whatever. And it, you can, you can make, make your smoothies in Exactly. It. And it's like, how many of those functions do you think I actually use? Like none. I, I use it for Zero. one purpose yeah. and that's it. To make pesto. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> to make my world famous pesto. <laughs> make your pesto. Yeah. And sometimes hummus. I don't know. Do you like all-in-one devices? I do not. I feel like the convenience is inconvenient. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know where that started, or where at least my memory of that started? Uh, with uh, VCR DVD players. Right. Well, that made sense, though. There was a transition from VHS to DVD. So yeah. those made sense to me. It makes sense, but it's like the, uh, and maybe it was also that I was just constantly buying really budget items, but I feel like they were just like, when they were a combination like that, they just were shitty. Yeah. It's probably a necessary tool. I don't know. Tori still has a 
VHS of Mrs. Doubtfire in her in her car. So what? so it's ready to go whenever. <laughs> whenever. Oh my god, that's hilarious. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty good, man. Um Yeah, I mean, basically I just want a podcast machine and a phone, and that's about it. I think, but, but at the same time, it's like, I have all these aspirations. This is the cycle that I actually constantly go through. You know what I mean? And I'm constantly battling myself and never enjoying it. Um, I, I go through a cycle where basically I'm like, man, I need to reduce all, all like my inputs and stuff. I'm so distracted and I could like really be using my time better and all that kind of stuff. So then I'm like, I want a phone that just acts like a phone and I doesn't have any apps on it or all that kind of shit, blah, blah, blah. And I just, et cetera. But then at the same time, then I, you know, maybe a week later, I'm like, oh, man, it'd be cool to run this business like this and, you know, whatever. And uh, I want to make this product. And, oh, then we could have this on social media, whatever. So it's like now I'm now I'm fantasizing about my life with apps and all this kind of stuff. And it's like I can never find a common ground in between those two ideas. Like, do I want to be fully disconnected and not do that nonsense? Or do I want to be in and like using it to make money or, or you know, whatever? I, I never can seem to find a balance. Yeah. I feel like as a filmmaker, you don't really, you can't really have those. Like, I don't, I feel like you probably don't have those internal negotiations because you have to have social media and like that kind of stuff now. Right. Well, well, right, right now it's definitely helpful because I can promote a project that we're promoting, like Mm -hmm. we're pushing, you know, like the podcast is coming out in a couple of weeks. What can we, what can I post today to, like promote it and like keep people's uh, aware of it, but not be too pushy about it. So like, I, I feel like I have to have a device that I can be somewhere and make a dumb reel and <laughs> post it on Instagram and, and still be relevant in the freaking algorithm. Yeah. Uh, I've had a weird, uh, what did you just call it? Uh, relationship with social social media a weird no, back- you just said a word and i totally uh blanked on it negotiation inner negotiation oh sure about some uh some business thoughts that i've been having lately oh uh in regards to filmmaking and okay. filmmaking uh things like that all right so i was gonna say lay it on me now's the time <laughs> so uh you know in the article that just came out we talk about how we're trying to do things differently and you know our approach to filmmaking is going to be more pro Tucson and showcasing the city, telling stories from the local culture, showcasing local artists uh, and comparing ourselves to a lot of the other production companies in town that are very, let's make this look like LA. Let's Mm. do this. Like LA would do this. Let's do this. Like, you know, Sony pictures was here making a movie. How would they do it? Let's do it that way. And I've always thought that, you know, Tucson is kind of outside of the system. Why are we not doing it a different way? Why aren't we doing it our own way? Right. And lately there's been a lot of big pushes to get film production to come back to Arizona. Really? Because Arizona has a huge history with film production with the Westerns and Terminal Velocity. But but lately, or in the last couple of decades, when New Mexico had film incentives, you know, people from California would just go to New Mexico. Mm-hmm. And, and even if the movie was set in Tucson, they would film it in New Mexico because they could make some of their investment back. Yeah. And it looks like a desert. <laughs> so, so lately, there's been this big push to crew up or get our crew trained 
to do things the way if if a Hollywood Hollywood production were to come to town, there'd be crew local crew they could hire that knows the lingo, that knows the process, that knows the way that Hollywood does it. Okay, but the way that Hollywood does it, it's uh, you know California is a union state, and so if they hire grips, if they hire electricians, if they hire script supervisors, it's all done in a standardized way because they're done in a union. Whereas here in Arizona, we're a right to work state. And we could do whatever the heck we want, however we want to do it. Oh, okay. I, I I was like, I didn't quite follow how this applied, but okay, yeah. Now I'm I'm back online. So in my head, I've been having this inner turmoil about this. Like, I just want to go make a movie anyway that we can make it happen. Right. I don't care how the crew does it. I don't care what Fresnel light we're using or what scrim we're putting in front of this tungsten light or, you know, how this quarter diffusion, I don't care if a six by is called a six by, I don't want to do a pancake light. I don't want to do deal with all the freaking lingo. I don't want to deal with, you know, like this, uh, like this, there's a lot of weird lingo in film that really frustrates me hmm. and it annoys me. Like you can't just say, you can't point at something. He's, can you get that off the ground? You have to go, <laughs> can you lift that nine forty off the ground two feet? So it's, it's very it's like, jargon heavy. Like it's very like insider friendly. It's not friendly at all because people get pissed if you don't use the proper jargon. Mm. And it's like, it just makes me not, I don't want to use the word hate, but it, make, <laughs> it puts a bad taste in my mouth when people are focused on stupid jargon as opposed to getting something done yeah. so we can move forward and get a shot or get the day done. Mm. So I don't know. I'm, I'm having this weird inner turmoil about whether it's a good thing to know all that stuff or do, is it a good thing to focus on how I would do a run a production? What I would focus on, what process I would use. Yeah. So, so it's almost like, and I may not completely understand this being an outsider as I am, but it's almost like, like like it's uh it's do you do you want to do your best to fall in line with kind of the standards and practices that are currently set in place so that you can be a player on that level essentially or so that you can be part of that community or do you want to say fuck it and just roll your own thing and and basically roll with the message of like why do we have to conform into this uh homogenized sort of methodology right yeah but, and the more I, I listen to, I listen to a lot of filmmaking podcasts and that's always, everybody follows the same process. They all try to follow these same rules and everyone's trying to squeeze into this box of right. how this, uh, you know, uh, it just seems, it just seems very odd to me, but you can have like, if you, if it were another business, if it was something on the outside, mm-hmm. if it was like a music industry, people can have a blue Yeti record some vocals and, you know, everyone can work from their garages and still produce uh, great music that gets released. Yeah. I remember uh, when I was a kid, I was watching some news thing with Carrie, not Carrie, Carly Simon. Who's that? And she was, uh, she's a singer from the seventies. Okay. She, she did the, nobody does it better theme song. Okay. From the spy who loved me. Okay. Uh, she did. You're so vain. You probably okay. think the song is about you. Yeah. All right. I, I, rem- I remember there was a like a snowstorm or something like that. And she was supposed to fly to California to record a Christmas album that week to release later on that year or something like that. Hmm. And she was stuck in New York. So she decided just to 
sang all of her vocals in her bathroom and then like emailed them to whatever. And then she was still able to release her album. Wow. And that was decades ago. Yeah. And I'm like, why, why are we still like confining ourselves to these processes? Yeah. Is it because of, tra- is it because of tradition or is it because of, uh, you know, that's the facade that everybody puts up to really, Right, like oh, process of making a movie magical, still, you know. Yeah, like oh, in order to be really professional, you need to go through this studio, or you need to go through this. You you need to be renting time with these people for like two hundred dollars an hour, you know. Like that's that's. But realistically, our technology has increased so much, and our ability has increased so much that there's, it's an artificial dependency, is what you're saying. That's what that's 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 what I'm getting at, and I feel like the movie making world is is miles ahead of let's say Tucson the Tucson community mm-hmm. when it, in regards to technology advancement uh, technology availability uh, and use of technology and i feel like the skills that we're trying to learn here and now are kind of based in a system that was up and running 40 50 years ago mm-hmm. and we're not looking forward to the next 40 and 50 years yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's what, and and I don't know much about this at all, but that seems to be what, uh, are you familiar with this, uh, are you familiar with this uh, music person, uh, Billie Eilish? Yes. Now, I don't really care much for her music. It's not really my type of thing. Like, you know, I'm not into that poppy whisper singing type of yeah, 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 deal. Yeah. But I can appreciate because then... <laughs> In fact, the conversations that I have about Billie Eilish much mirror, although with way less um, uh, uh, aggression, uh, they they mirror the conversations that I have about the Kardashians as well, because I, I kind of say like, ah, you know, I'm not really that into Billie Eilish's music, like, you know, whatever. But they're like, oh, well, you got to admit she's super talented. She's so young and super talented. And it's like, yeah, probably. I mean. I guess, but I, I guess she entirely recorded her songs um, just on a laptop or like in her bedroom or whatever with recording equipment and all that kind of stuff. And that's like how she did it. So what people were taking away from that is like, oh, she's so talented. She's able to do this, whatever. But it's also like, well, but the other takeaway should be that you can be producing music from your bedroom. So there's no need for this, all this other stuff, like probably not. So right. in that same regard, you're saying that like there's still some vestigial um, like process that's built up around filmmaking that maybe doesn't need to be there either. Right. But that's just just that's just maybe that's me not liking that and me trying mm-hmm. to, you know, being a very judgmental person and talking trash about everybody else in town. <laughs> uh, I just feel like it's unnecessary and it, and it hinders things more so than helps anything. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. But but then another part of it is uh, any crew member, anybody that I want to work with on a set expects it to be done that way. Yeah. And their their creativity is hindered by a process that is established in this old process of this old mundane history of filmmaking. Yeah. Yeah. I see what you're saying. It's it's um, it's it's basically like you they they can't imagine doing it in any other way than right. than the main road so it's like they they either know how to do that yeah that's that's in in kind of a more vague sort of sense that's a little bit what i worry about my career a little bit or uh-huh. or 
because it's like I've learned a lot about being part of a sales organization. I've learned a lot about like marketing in relation to a sales organization and how you do all this kind of stuff. But I really only have learned it the one way and I only know how to do it the one way. So I'm I'm trying to like make sure I'm properly expanding my horizons. I'm learning about like modern things like drop shipping and stuff like that, especially. And, and that's this kind of brings us back to social media and that whole interaction, because it's like I'm trying to figure out how to do it as a small, independent, you know, person basically i'm currently working out of my kitchen you know what i mean uh as opposed to you know the company that i work for that's uh you know a a multi-billion dollar company and has like its own manufacturing plants and does this this and you know whatever it's like but there's a whole bunch of fluff and things like that that people don't need like people are running uh uh people are running like uh uh clothing companies entirely out of their apartment now you know, right. like there's really no need to do it that way unless. So I'm trying to make sure that I'm not like like it's just something that I always try and stay on top of is like I'm not I, I want to make sure that my perspective on this or even my limitations that I perceive aren't being uh, aren't being like presented as a result of this. Like, for instance, you know, like, you know, this probably better than most that I sit on on this stuff thinking that I can't do it until I get another degree or another piece of paper or something like that. That's that's been a common theme. I do that all the time. But it turns out you don't need that anymore. That was something that you maybe needed 15 years ago or something like that. But it's just not the case. So I'm getting in my own way, in a sense, because I'm so built into the system that's currently in place. Exactly. Mm. Yeah, I, I and can then see that. The, I, I could, oh, the, sorry, the flip side of it is, um, let's say I want to hire talents. So if I want to get, you know, who's a Tisha's hero? If I want to hire Chuck Norris for a day or Jean-Claude Van Damme, mm-hmm. are they going to be, are they, are they going to look at me and go, oh, this guy doesn't do it the way everybody else does it. This guy's a joke. Yeah, I see. They like they extract some idea about like levels of professionalism or, or something like that because you're not doing it the standard Hollywood way. Right. Do you kind of I mean, this now this is taking that concept and like zooming way, way out. Right. But like, does that make you nervous when you see things about like uh, like I forget when this happened? I think it was last year. You would know more about this than I do. But didn't Disney buy Fox like 20th Century Fox Studios? Yes. Disney bought Fox and. They also acquired Marvel like yeah. the year before that. Yeah. So they've been buying up a lot of Yeah. So what makes me companies, so. what makes me kind of nervous about that in a very general sense and like again this is me completely speaking out of school. I don't know shit about the industry. I don't know anything about anything but what makes me kind of nervous about that, right, is we only have so many major studios that have enough money to pump out movies and we already have basically uh, a competition about who gets there first in terms of locking down a weekend because you're not going to release your movie you know whatever it is you're not going to like let's just pretend you're you're on the on the stage of like releasing theaters nationwide right Uh you're not going to release eddie mummy 2 on the same weekend that avengers comes out because then your fucking numbers are are shit Right. Right. Because everyone's going and watching it like people are going to the theaters, but they're all going to watch Avengers. Nobody's you know, you get a small number at Eddie Mummy, too. So now you already have to find the off weekends or the weekends where that isn't happening 
But the more and more and more properties that are this major, the less and less time that actually is. Because you got to watch out for Star Wars. You got to watch out for Avengers. You got to watch out for Fast and the Furious. You know, all that kind of stuff, right? Like you're, you're constantly. So then now with Disney owning more and more stuff and with them pulling in more and more revenue, I feel like it leads to a homogenization of the films that we watch because who, what, which of these studios is going to run the risk of, uh, of producing a film that has like riskier sensibilities, you know, something like, um, maybe that, that says like, Hey, uh, maybe we're not always the good guys in war. Maybe the U S has done some bad things, you know, or something like that. I'm, I'm just spitballing off the top. But like, what studio is going to produce that? <laughs> because you you can't afford to lose it on a film like that when everybody is putting out Avengers. And I, I'm doing a lot of I, I'm doing to Avengers what you did to Tim Ferriss <laughs> a couple of weeks back. <laughs> so I don't mean to be going too hard in the paint on Avengers. That's just what comes to mind, right? But I fear that that then leads us to a, a homogenization of films. And, and that we're just not going to see interesting stuff anymore. I think what you're saying is it's basically one studio putting out those movies. Right. Yeah. And and with that one studio putting out those one movies, it's going to be, you know, one formula on all storylines and on mm-hmm. all timelines and properties and intellectual properties and all that. Yeah. And it's going to get boring and lame and dull. Yeah. And I feel like we're already having a superhero fatigue, but they're still cranking them out like they're nothing. Yeah. And that's all they're making. And so... I think a bubble is going to burst at some point. And a thing that's exciting right now is a lot of uh, talent, interesting talent. They're signing deals with Netflix and Amazon Mm. to do projects that go straight to streaming. Mm -hmm. So they're still making the interesting projects that you can watch at home. But I feel like, let's say, movie theaters open up tomorrow and they release nothing but superhero movies. Nobody goes to them because they're sick of them. Yeah. You know. Amazon, Netflix are already going to have movies locked and loaded to release theatrically. Yeah. And be like, oh, people want something weird and different. Oh, this weekend's free. Let me put up this weird movie that we made. Mm -hmm. And maybe we can get some interest in that. Yeah, I I guess that's a fair point. I guess streaming is a really good uh, is is the counter argument to that. Right. Because it's like it generally is going to cost less than releasing to theaters and you're able to kind of do more. And that was kind of the thing. Have you heard of a show called Ted Lasso? Oh, it's on Apple. I think so. Yeah. That's with um, Sudeikis. Yeah. Yeah. So that show kind of made me realize, uh, like it helped me realize that I had this kind of uh, built in fatigue, as you called it, because it's a show about a guy who is relentlessly optimistic. Like even when bad shit is happening to him and even when, you know, whatever it's like, he's just optimistic and he is going to still try his best and like help people around him and stuff like that regardless. And I re- that made me realize that, Oh, we've gotten so used to this kind of like anti-hero or anti-hero, however the fuck you say it. Um, uh, we've gotten used to this anti-hero dynamic where it's like, oh, they're a bad person, whatever, but they we like them anyways, you know, whatever, like Breaking Bad, uh, House, uh, you know, BoJack Horseman, et cetera, et cetera. The list goes on, right? So it made me realize that the last time that I had seen a show that was kind of like that was, I think, and of course, I'm watching it more recently, but uh, it was it was released a long time ago, like at least. Frasier. 
How'd you know? Because <laughs> I make fun of you about being Frasier all the time. <laughs> Dude, that's crazy. I can't believe it. I was literally just going to say Frasier. I cannot believe that you just got that. Um, yeah, yeah, Frasier. Because it was like, it was the last time that it's like, you know, Frasier does some wacky stuff, but he always tends to put the needs of others in front of his own, and he's still generally a good person and all that kind of stuff. I mean, he sure wigs out <laughs> sometimes, but um, but yeah, Frasier was the last time I saw a show like that. What I like about Frasier is that he is all about appearance and that facade of being uh, this grandiose personality. Yeah, yeah. But he does like to help people out in their time of need. Yeah. And, and I like how every time he tries to help someone, it like unravels his... Uh, presentation of himself yeah and it's just him trying to like scoop everything up so it all stays put while still trying to help other people that's that's what i like about fraser yeah i i dig it a lot i dig it a lot and ted lasso made me think of fraser in that kind of regard and it made me realize that like we just don't see shows like that anymore because i think people got too bought into the um like the breaking bad wave which of course is not or like the wire maybe was the one that kicked that off i'm not really sure um but the point is, is like we got so used to one type of TV show or one type of thing that uh, it even took another show that was just kind of off that kilter to make me realize that we've been watching the same show this whole yeah. time. Yeah. And and uh, hey, I was I love BoJack Horseman. I uh, and, and have you finished it? I did. Yeah. OK, we you did. About it. Uh, I forget all the time which one of my friends, because one of my friends has watched uh, like they had this half point uh, in the last season uh-huh. where they like halted and then they released the other half later. Right, right, right. Okay. I think they, they should have ended there. Yeah. Dude. Yes. It's like every episode that was after that point was just like fan service. Like, yeah, and just that like episode- wrapping up tiny storylines that, no one really had was invested in. Yeah. Yeah. The the one episode that obviously is a um is it that doesn't that it doesn't apply to is the view from halfway down. That's the one Do where he dies? Well, yeah, spoiler alert. Damn, dude. <laughs> You're just gonna drop that. Uh luckily Bojack Horseman's been over for uh, a year, two years now. Yeah. So holy shit. Yeah. So get on it, guys, if you if you haven't seen it. But but yeah, it's the one where one where he dies and it's like it's just an interesting episode format. It's really unique to Bojack Horseman. It pulls in a lot of like like it does the inter intertextuality thing uh, really, really well, where it's like pulling in different things from the series and stuff like that. And it's it's really poignant and meaningful. But other than that, I thought everything in the back half of that season was all just like. Oh, hey, fans, remember this joke from this time? And like, all right, we're going to wrap everything up in a nice, neat little bow. Princess Carolyn's going to get with this guy. Why? Because, like, she needs to. She needs to have a happy ending, right? It's like, it just seemed so dumb. It, it was like some, like, the guy's been here, but it was such a random character association that they just threw in. And, like, they just like they just do that, you know what I mean? Whereas the halfway uh-huh. point, we had a good resolution it seems like it had completely gone its arc because it turns out that it's not fame that Bojack wants this whole time. It's just the relative like respect from peers around him and stuff like that, that he can be a professor. It's like that fucking made sense. And then they just kind of went a a little more with it. Yeah. Oh, Bojack. Oh, Bojack. But that, I guess that does bring up a, a point about trying to be an outsider in the pool of commonness. Yeah. 
And, you know, doing something that's uh, like fun and lighthearted might be the thing to do at this moment versus another drama. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, or, or me trying to do something that's more f- future thinking versus backwards thinking yeah. uh, production wise might make me stand out more at some point. But I, I think there is a, uh, in that risk and taking that risk and doing that thing that's different, there has to be some sort of social validation. Yeah. Man, I, I feel like that could be an episode in and of itself. You, you just dropped some heavy concepts here at the end. There we go. We have something to talk about next week. <laughs> yeah, this is this week's just an episode of the random show while I get my feet under me <laughs> for uh, what's been going on. You got anything to plug? The podcast trailer is out right now. If you look up Tucson Heats, wherever podcasts are available, check out the trailer. Give it a subscribe. Let me know what you think. And follow me on Instagram for more Instagram things at Elephant Scout. What about you? Uh, me, very simple. Uh, just follow me on Instagram at, at Atish Mazish. And then um, uh, be on the lookout. We're, we're still obviously in very infancy stages with this and all that kind of stuff. But uh, I, I guess we might as well. I think we've alluded to it on this podcast, but I don't know if we formally announced it. But we still have yet to record, yet to come, even a name, anything like that. There's a lot of stuff. But Chris and I are going to be doing a series looking into the Fast and Furious franchise, because Chris is a fan. Uh, I have never seen any of them, but I come in preloaded with a lot of judgments because I'm a real asshole. <laughs> uh, and uh, I'm, I'm excited. We've got, what, what is it, nine films? Well, the ninth one hasn't come out yet. Hasn't come out yet. Well, you- yeah, technically, yes. If we want to include the spinoff of Hobbs and Shaw. Oh, okay, okay. We can include... Have, so have you already seen this spinoff? Of course I have. <laughs> okay, perfect. Then we, then we have to watch it. Um, and, and when does the ninth one come out? I, th- I think it's supposed to come out later this year, if we're allowed to go to movies. Yeah. I think it's going to come out this year. Yeah, okay. Then that would be the perfect series finale. Well, no, there's two more after that. What? They haven't shot and released them yet, so. Ugh, okay, I'm not holding on to this podcast <laughs> for years <laughs> until they end those movies. What I'm saying is it'll be a good podcast series finale. This is a limited run. We're going to do one episode per film, uh, and uh, and I'm going to get into it. I, I want to find out what all the hype is about. All right. Have you watched the first one yet? No, I haven't, but I was I was thinking about, I think uh, this week I'm going to watch the first one, and then uh, I think we should we should get on board and record an episode. All right, let's do it. Beautiful. All right, so you can look for that. Title is TBD, mostly because Chris didn't like any of my ideas for titles. (laughs) Um, They were off the cuff, I'll admit it. (laughs) Titles are hard. I can't believe you didn't like Car Wars. I thought that was funny. (laughs) No. 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 Okay. Well, to be determined what the title is, but be on the lookout uh, for our Fast and the Furious uh, podcast leading up to, hopefully, this year, the release of Fast and Furious 10? Nine. 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 Uh, and, uh, and then we can watch that one, hopefully, live in theaters. We'll see what happens. <laughs>